Well, good evening, brothers and sisters. Well, first of all, I thought it began with an apology. We ran out of church bulletins. So, unfortunately, when you leave, there won't be any church bulletins. This is Mass number nine this weekend, by the way. And all the Masses were packed, practically. Not on top of that, too, was that we had printer problems. Always, all the problems always happen on a Friday. And so we were only able to produce 450 bulletins before the, the problems uh, hindered us from producing enough bulletins. So, unfortunately, I apologize. There are no church bulletins after Mass today. And it's a sad, it's a pity, because it was the most amazing bulletin in the history of St. Mary's Parish. <laughs> so, too bad for you. Has anyone in here been to the city of Rome? Raise your hand if you've ever been to, to Rome. There's a, about a quarter, or, or in fact a third. You've been to Rome, of course. That's where headquarters is for the Catholic Church. I don't know if, if you ever get a chance to, to visit, and you're blessed with that opportunity, to visit the eternal city. One of the most remarkable sights in that ancient city are the catacombs. Those who raise their hands, did you visit the catacombs? A few have. So what the catacombs are, there are hundreds of miles of tunnels dug beneath the city of Rome where our ancestors, our Catholic brothers and sisters in the first few centuries, buried our dead. So imagine it. They're almost like little... I mean. Forgive me for sounding insensitive, but they're almost like rat tunnels just beneath the city of Rome. And the Christians there, why did our early ancestors bury our dead there? Was well, because as Christianity began to take root in the culture of Rome, we started to treat the bodies of our loved ones differently. You see, the pagan Romans, when their loved ones would die, they would burn the body, and they would put them in little urns. And in fact, you, you old-timers in here will know that for the longest time, the Catholic Church, in fact, didn't allow cremation. It was only until recently. We recently changed that because uh, we can get, get into details later. But part of that was, was because as the pagans would die, they thought that the body was no good. They saw no significance with the human body. In fact, many people today are returning to what we call a platonic view of the body and spirit, meaning the body, bad. And the higher realm, the higher plane of existence is, is the spirit. But then when Christianity began to take roots, we understood the incarnation changes everything. The body has significance. When the end of the world comes, we don't know when, by the way. We don't know when Jesus will come back the second time. Every Christian is waiting eagerly for this day. And when he returns, do we realize 
Now, you and I, we get our bodies back. You see, if you ask a random American on the street corner about the resurrection of the body, they'll, they'll look at you strange. What are you talking about? No resurrection of the body. In many ways, they're like the Sadducees of the gospel reading today, who are arguing, who don't believe in the resurrection. Part of our belief as Christians, when our Lord comes back again, all of the dead, those in our Catholic cemeteries, those in cemeteries all throughout the world, those in the catacombs, the bodies will be raised and our bodies will be reunited with our spirits. Utterly strange. Again, the vast majority of people on the street will have no idea of this concept. They just simply think when we, when, that when we die, our spirits go up there somewhere and they just hang out there in the sky forever. No. We get our bodies back. Is it the same body? Yes and no. <laughs> we can get clues from the resurrection accounts in sacred scripture. Think back now to all of the moments in the sacred gospels when Jesus appears after his death. We know that Jesus has a body. Do you remember that encounter when the disciples see Jesus and they tell everybody, we've seen Jesus walking around. Jesus is alive, the one that was dead. He's raised from the tomb. And they're telling one of the disciples, Thomas. And they tell Thomas because he wasn't present when our Lord appeared. I said, Thomas, we've seen Jesus. Do you remember what Thomas said? He said, unless I put my hands in his wounds, into his very nail marks, on the very side where the, where the, where the spear pierced him, I will not believe. And then, all of a sudden, a few weeks later, our Lord appears in front of him. And in that famous encounter, Thomas literally pokes Jesus. <laughs> and he's physically touching him. And then he falls down and says, Lord, I believe, finally. First clue, Jesus, when he comes back, has a body. Or in the Gospel of Luke, there's a beautiful account when the disciples are fishing and they see our Lord on the shore. He's standing by the fire. And Jesus is eating fish. Do spirits eat fish? No. Second clue. The body exists. Another account in John. It says that the disciples are locked in a room. They shut all the doors out of fear because they're afraid that they would be arrested and tortured like what happened to Jesus. And then it said all of a sudden, Jesus appears in the middle of them. Third clue. The resurrected body passes through walls.
How about the road to Emmaus? Do you remember that story? Two disciples are walking away from Jerusalem. Jesus suddenly appears next to them, starts to walk with them. And instead of that again, in that beautiful dramatic encounter, in the breaking of the bread, their eyes were opened and they recognized Jesus. And the moment that they recognized the Lord, Jesus vanishes. Force plu. This new body that you and I will receive is a real body, familiar, but at the same time different, and is no longer hindered by space or time, like how we are now. In theology, we call this a spiritualized body. Do you get it? You should be nodding your no. <laughs> it's a mystery. And we can only garner clues from sacred scripture of what this body, this new existence we will have when we're finally reunited with our bodies back. But as strange as this is, Don't we all in some way in here want new bodies? I think we all intuitively, if we don't quite put it in those terms, but every single one of us, we all want something different. Because every single one of us in here recognizes that these bodies of ours here are frail. You know, when I was, you know, many of the parishioners here, you were here with me at St. Joseph's when I was here six years ago. If you remember, I had more hair back then. But now I'm getting older. And brothers, what happens when we get older? We begin to lose our hair, amen? And it's a tragedy. Or what happens? Oh, when we all grow older, but our bodies, even, even if we, we, we search and we work hard, do you realize we spend billions of dollars on beauty products? Sisters, you spend a heck of a lot on makeup. Why? Or my sisters, you know, the sisters, when they, especially at weddings, that's when the huge eyelashes come out. I do not understand that phenomena, my dear beautiful sisters. Why you, why you blew on more eyelashes? That's as mysterious as the resurrection itself. <laughs> we spend billions of dollars on our health, don't we? Billions of dollars on surgeries. Why? Because we all intuitive desire we want a new body. And I dare say that even if you were blessed to be a supermodel on the cover of magazines and TV, and you're the most perfect specimen of the female species, or if you were a man and you had a body of an Olympic athlete like me, huh? <laughs> oh, guess what? I will keep losing my hair. My joints will still get sore. 
I'll get up out of bed a little bit slower every day. <laughs> because no matter how hard I try, this darn body will fail. Ah, but the resurrection. You see, in the first reading today from the second book of Maccabees, oh, the book of Maccabees is a powerful story. So it's set the context for the first reading. Alexander the Great is spreading the Greek empire. He's conquering lands like nobody else. By the time Alexander the Great, he's one of the great military leaders in all of human history. By the age of 35, Alexander the Great had conquered the known world. And so this period is, is where the Greeks are spreading. And part of the Greek pacification of a region when they would conquer it, they would try to force you to behave like them. Again, this is always a problem for us, by the way. The unbelievers will always try to force us to behave like everybody else. It's always the same problem. Always. And so the Greeks are trying to force the Jews to eat pork. You think, oh, no big deal. Why don't I just eat pork and behave like everybody else? Well, no, because the book of Leviticus tells the Jews, be faithful to God, do not eat pork. And so now, enter the book of Maccabees. Seven brothers and their mother, arrested, tortured with whips and scourged by the king. One of the brothers says here, speaking for the others, now hear him. We are ready to die rather than transgress the laws of our ancestors. I love that. I would rather die than disobey God who has given me everything. Story continues. He put out his tongue at once and when told to do so, he held out his hands because they were going to cut him off. And look at our brother. Look what he says. It was from heaven that I received these, speaking of his hands. And for the sake of his laws, meaning his fidelity, I disdain my own hands. For him, I hope to from him I hope to receive them again. Do you see what he's speaking about here? He's speaking about the confidence that you and I as Christians have. You see, no matter what happens to our bodies, the passing of old age, disease, the spreading of cancer, strokes, pain, Ah, oh, the Christian, like this brother here in the book of Maccabees, we stand confident because we know that this frail body of mine is not the end, the end all. And no matter what the world does to my body, I know that I shall receive it again in a beautiful new way. So all of us in here, with whatever 
pain, whatever suffering you're enduring because of your body, or if you miss your loved ones who are buried somewhere out there. Remember the resurrection. This is our hope. This is why the Christian faces death with a smile.